Blog Talk Radio. tuning in. I am your host, T-Love, here at From the Heart Radio and the founder and CEO of Soji Huggles Children's Foundation, 
a nonprofit dedicated to providing underprivileged children with the basic necessities of life. I'm also a board-certified integrated holistic health energy psychology, positive psychology, and energy and vibrational sound therapist with a private practice in Sussex County, New Jersey, where From the Heart Radio streams to you live each and every week, bringing you optimistic and uplifting information from interesting people, people who are making a positive impact in our world. Today, our guest is Olivier Claire a writer, translator, editorial consultant, and workshop leader. He is the founder of the international program Circles of Forgiveness, based on his life-changing experiences in Mexico with Don Miguel Ruiz. With his wife, Olivier has created a yearly conference on forgiveness and founded the Association Pardon International. He is the author of The Gift of Forgiveness, as well as Healing the Wounds of the Heart, 15 Obstacles to Forgiveness and How to Overcome Them, which is our topic for discussion. So welcome to the show, Olivier. Thank you for taking time to be here. It is indeed a pleasure to have you join us on From the Heart Radio. How are you being? Well, hello, T. Well, I'm very happy to be here, and, and I'm doing just, just fine. Very happy that we can share this time together. Yes, I'm very glad that we made it because last week was a fiasco with my technological problems. So I'm grateful that you are here today. Oh my goodness! Yes, I'm I'm very grateful too, and I was happy to 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 hear the the song uh, that you used to start the show. That was exactly about the gratitude. Yes. Oh, I love that song. I just I go crazy when I hear it. I just love it. It does something to my soul each and every time. You know, the topic of forgiveness is very often dismissed and misunderstood. And the idea of forgiving, I guess, I'm going to say to many people, a lot of people, is that when we forgive, we are condoning the perpetrator's actions when, in fact, that is not true at all. And your book, Healing the Wounds of the Heart, takes a, a deep dive, if you will, into forgiveness, explaining what it really means and also, you provide stories followed by actions we can take to understand and then truly forgive. So my first question, I guess, is what brought you to study forgiveness to the extent that you have written two books about it? Well, that came as a surprise because uh, I like to say that forgiveness wasn't part of my career plan. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, as you said, uh, I'm a writer. I was a publisher, too. And uh, I translated about 100 books from um, U.S. authors into French. And I was very lucky to translate uh, a few very well-known authors. One of them was Don Miguel Ruiz back in uh, 1998. And when I read The Four Agreements, I thought, wow, this is an amazing book, the, the, the kind uh, that you find maybe just once every 20 years if you are a very lucky publisher. And so uh, uh, I decided, as I often did in my life, that just reading the book wasn't enough. I wanted to meet the author. And I had this opportunity just the next year in 1999. Um, a woman I know, a French woman living in, uh, in New Mexico, Santa Fe, uh, organized a trip for uh, about 20 of us, mostly French and Swiss people, uh, to go meet Don Miguel in, uh, in Teotihuacan in, in Mexico. And at the time, uh, luckily for us, um, Miguel Ruiz wasn't very famous yet, so we were just a small group, uh, whereas today groups are 20 times bigger than that. 
And I came to meet this man. I came to to deepen my understanding of uh, of the four agreements, but I did not expect that I was going to go through a forgiveness experience with Don Miguel that would radically change my life. There would be a, a before and an after this experience. And, and that's how I found myself uh, uh, living, experiencing uh, a totally different way um, of forgiveness than my Catholic education had provided me with. And uh, it took me about 10 years, actually, to, to talk about this experience, to write about it. Uh, I wrote my book in, in 2009, so 10 years later. And writing this book uh, was the thing that triggered workshops and uh, events, congresses, and, and then finally the the, the Circle of Forgiveness uh, International program that you mentioned. Yeah, you know, I love Don Miguel as well. Uh, he's been on the show, I think it was, gosh, I want to say probably about 10 years ago. And I agree. It, his book is definitely a once-in-a-score book. You know, you don't come across that very often at all, and you can learn so much from it. It's short and sweet, and you can learn a lot from it. Even when you read it over and over again, there's something new. It's like some little gnome came in and rewrote passages that you just didn't get the first time around. So I agree with you. (laughs) You know, that's true of every book, though. I bet if I read your book again, I'd see more things in it because we we get what we need to get in the moment. We need to learn from it, and then we find other things. Also, my Catholic Catholic upbringing, yeah, forgiveness is definitely not something that, oh, no, don't tell me. Are you there, oh, you're back. Olivier? Oh, good. Okay. You are back. I am back. I plan on staying back. Oh, no. The, um, my Catholic <laughs> upbringing as well. It's not something they don't teach forgiveness very well in the Catholic Church, I'm afraid. And your book certainly takes a different, a different view of it, a way that I think people can understand and work with and, and believe in instead of uh, be afraid of or think differently of. So, you know, the premise of your book being forgiveness Let's start with how do you define forgiveness? Well, the first and main definition I give of it, because it's the easiest to understand, I say um, uh, forgiveness is the healing of the heart, the the healing of the wounds of the heart, because all of us, I think, have been wounded in our hearts, either in early childhood, childhood, or adolescence, or as young adults. I haven't yet met anyone who has not been hurt uh, in the heart, sometimes very badly with with awful things happening uh, in our lives. Sometimes uh, it's rather the repetition of minor hurts, but if you have that happening day after day, after weeks, after months, in the end it can be devastating. And uh, Forgiveness is what allows us to heal these wounds and to be able to love again, to know joy again, and not to remain stuck in the past, stuck in something that happened one year or 10 years or 30 years ago. So that's, for me, the the first definition. And it's an interesting definition because all of us know how to heal the wounds of our bodies, you know, uh, whether it's a, a... a minor wound or whether it's an accident or a major injury that leads us into the the hospital we know what to do and we don't remain uh, stuck with uh, a- any uh, physical problems but when it comes to the heart we can stay years and years with open wounds that keep reopening that keep bleeding again because we just don't know how to heal them 
and the healing of it is is what re, uh, forgiveness truly provides us with. You know, I think that I, I wonder actually if the fact that we hold on to the hurt for so long is because essentially, you know, we're made from love, we come from love, our source is love, we are indeed love, and it's hard to to stop that flow of love and trust again. So the forgiveness factor comes into play. It's like, I don't know if I can trust him again. I don't want my love to be hurt. Does that, do you understand what I'm saying? I don't know if I'm articulating this properly, but it feels yes, to me sir. like there's a lot to do with love around it as well. Yes? Yeah, of course. Uh, and, and, and another definition I give, I say that forgiveness is the revival or uh, the renaissance, you know, when, when, uh, when love is reborn, actually like a second birth, uh, because sometimes we we undergo things that are so bad that it's like if something has died within us, we don't dare to love anymore because it hurts too much. It's like the the source, the spring of our love has uh, has died, and, and the water of love is not flowing through our heart anymore. And uh, if we find a way to forgiveness, then that spring is, is opening again. The water is flowing again, and, and we are truly reborn. That's, that's the power of forgiveness. But to reach that, we need to be free of the so many, many, many misunderstandings uh, uh, that come with forgiveness that, that are partly uh, have to do with religion, partly have to do with... Uh, a lack of understanding of what truly is forgiveness. You know, I think it's cumulative as well. And it partly has to do with religion. And, and any religion that thinks it's the only religion or the right religion is, is kind of a cult in my mind. So I kind of push them aside. But I believe we need to forgive for our own sake so that we can move forward because it allows us freedom, which is noted in your book as well. It is freedom. It's stated there. And, you know, sometimes it's overwhelmingly difficult, so much so that we either step away, choosing to forgo forgiveness altogether, which, you know, ultimately can turn to regret, and that's tough to live with as well. And I know there are those that will not agree with me. They do not believe they need to forgive until the other person admits wrongdoing and asks for forgiveness. But that may never happen. And if it doesn't, forgiveness at that point is completely off the table. So, would you share with our listeners why it is so vitally important, and I do believe it is, to forgive? Well, there's one, one reason that I find very interesting. You know, among the many people I invited to our uh, conference on forgiveness in, uh, in France, we had 20 uh, international speakers each year. One of them was Dr. Fred Luskin from uh, California. He teaches, he studies uh, forgiveness at uh, Stanford University. He wrote a book that's called Forgive for Good. So he's been studying from an academic uh, point of view forgiveness. And what he says is, is just fascinating. He says that people who, who don't forgive, and, and, and we're not accusing them by saying this, but people who, who can't find a way to forgiveness will, uh, will end up having all sorts of illnesses uh, with digestions, with their uh, uh, joints, they may they may uh, develop some um, sorts of uh, tumors and cancers. And on the average, a person that doesn't manage to find a way to forgiveness will live five years, five years less than other people. So 
When I write in my book that forgiveness is first and foremost something we do for ourselves, uh -huh. uh, it's true. It's true from a health point of view because otherwise we're poisoning ourselves. We're poisoning ourselves with hate, with resentment, regrets, and and all of these uh, all of these uh, things. It's true from a growth perspective as well, as far as our soul growing and being able to see the be compassionate enough to see the soul of the other person and remember that we're all on different journeys and at different levels and we need to be compassionate toward the other people. And with that, you know, sometimes people feel, well, I'll forgive them, but I'm not going to let them know. So that bodes the question, is it really necessary that the person that you are forgiving is told that you are forgiving? Do you need to tell them or is forgiveness and this is me speaking from my perspective, forgiveness is in our hearts and it's equally as effective. They don't really need to know that you are forgiving them. You may not know where they are. It could be years ago, but the forgiveness factor, and maybe it's because I'm an energy therapist that I know that this is how energy works. The forgiveness factor still works. You're the one doing the forgiving. It really doesn't have a whole lot to do with them knowing or not. What's your take on that? Well, I fully agree. You know, I, I could, I could, uh, probably remember dozens of cases of people, for example, coming to follow a forgiveness workshop with me, and no one knows they're doing this. And, uh, and by the second day, when they come back in the morning, you say, uh, guess what? When I came back to my hotel room, I, I checked my, my emails and, and my messages, and I had a mes message from, let's say, my son or an old friend or somebody who was writing me, Please forgive me for what I have done to you the, 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 a year ago, 10 years ago. I mean, how did these people on earth know that that person that weekend was following a, a forgiveness workshop? Well, just as you say, um, in the air, in the energy, uh, we don't realize that a relationship is a connection. And um, if that relationship is healthy, it's a healthy connection. Otherwise, it's a, an unhealthy connection. And when a change happens in that connection, in that wire, if you want, well, the other person can feel that from a very long distance. So there are hundreds of cases like that. And that's one reason why I, I, I tell people that are coming to a circle of forgiveness or workshop, I say, you come here for yourself first. Uh, I, I cannot tell you what you have to do or not to do with the people who did wrong to you because only you can find that out and you'll find it only once your heart is healed and, and you can have clear thoughts. But what I'm sure of is that by just by doing that, you're going to clear the way and you will see and you will know what exactly you need to do as regards the other person. And that is your own growth, too. When you come to that, that's like stepping you up a level, not superior oh, to sure. anyone you know, else at all. Yeah. You know, I, I like to say that uh, forgiveness has led me to meet the most amazing people in all of my life. Because, uh, honestly, I have met people who have undergone some of the worst things uh, you may imagine in life. And all of them had found one way or another uh, to achieve forgiveness. And these people just radiate. I mean, there is such an intense light and love and compassion and joy in them. Sometimes it's even hard to believe people who've uh, 
you know, been in, in a genocide, people who've lost uh, children, people who've undergone awful things. But forgiveness has uh, literally uh, turned uh, their, their lead into gold. I mean, they are totally changed. So in your book, when you say, you know, we can forgive anything, and, and I read that and I thought, oh, I don't know, Olivia, I am human. I'm far from perfect. And I do wonder, aren't there some things that just cannot be or maybe should not be forgiven? And I thought about that a lot before the show. And I thought, I guess there really isn't anything that can't be forgiven. So you believe, too, that we should forgive everything, correct? Uh, except I would not use the word should because uh, it, it yes. can't be a duty. It, it can't be something you feel compelled by the outside to do. It's, it's a path. It, it's something uh, that is coming from the inside. And when you, when you turn it into a commandment, into a duty, then people will will uh, will start saying I should forgive that person and 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 I'm not able to do so I, I'm not a good person and they start judging themselves so I I like to compare forgiveness to a path and uh, or to climbing a mountain you know that some people have been on top of Mount Everest or uh, or smaller mountains maybe maybe Mount McKinsey in in the U.S. or elsewhere. Uh, you know they've done it, so you know human beings can do it. Can I, Olivier, do that tomorrow? Well, probably not. But I know that if I train, if I take the time, if I get the muscles, the breath, and, and everything that's needed for it, maybe in a year, in five years, I'll be able to do that. Well, that's the same for forgiveness. Can I forgive just now something that happened to me today? Probably not, especially if it's been something really bad. But will I be able to do that in a month or a year? Well, probably yes, because there are ways to, to, to walk that path. Others have done it before me. I can find guides and, and helps uh, and uh, allies on the way. And so, yes, there's a great deal of chance that I, I'll reach that summit. You know, I thank you very much for that, for the clarification, because I don't like the word should, and I try not to use it, but every once in a while it comes out, and so I'm really glad you made that clarification. It's more a case of, I can work on forgiving that person. I can work toward that. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah much and, and better. You know, one, of the, <laughs> one of the things I, I like to say is that behind the word forgiveness, there's another word that I like a lot, and that's hope, because... Yes. Uh, for instance, if you go on the website of the Forgiveness Project, uh, which was founded in the UK by uh, Marina Contacuzino, uh, there are hundreds of stories of people from all over the planet, from all walks of life, who've undergone really bad things and who found a way to reach forgiveness. It is so inspiring, and that gives you hope. Uh, anyone reading that will think, okay, uh, I myself have, have gone through some real hardships, but others uh, have walked that path of forgiveness, so I have hope one day I may reach that myself too. You know, hope is really important. It gives us something to look forward to. And the other thing I think forgiveness does is it raises your level of compassion. It raises your ability to see and look at people more compassionately. And we certainly need that in this world. And I'm sure oh, you agree with that. Oh, goodness, yes. Yes, and it's true that the more you work on forgiveness, the more you reach a point where you say, well, who am I to judge anyone? What do I know 
of their lives, of their education, of the influences that, that they've been subjected to during their, their life, and you feel less and less and less entitled to judge anyone. And you know, I was raised a Christian, and uh, there are some things that I've, I've heard Sundays after Sundays, but that I understood only maybe 20 or 30 years later. Like, for instance, uh, when Jesus is on the cross, he doesn't say, I, I, Jesus, I, Christ, forgive you because you don't know what you're doing. He says, Father, forgive them yes. because they don't know what they're doing. Now, suddenly one day I realized, wow, I mean, this man, I mean, uh, for billions of people on this planet, he was the son of God. Uh, he was an avatar, call it uh, whatever you like. And he does not put himself in the position of forgiving others. He's asking forgiveness from above. And in another place in the, in the gospel, he says, I do not judge. Well, if you don't judge, you don't have to forgive. So you can, you can uh, uh, how should I say that? Sometimes the, the words are, uh, are come difficult for me in, in English. Uh, mm -hmm. you, can, you can give, you can hand out judgment and forgiveness to greater than yourself, to God, to the universe, to the source, instead of feeling entitled to judge and entitled to forgive. Yes, I, I agree with that. You know, it's, uh, you know, we're human. We're going to experience anger and we're going to have feelings and we're entitled to have those feelings and, and we really must experience those feelings. It's a process and it does take time to get to the place of forgiveness. But the more you practice, and I will use that word because it is something you need to, you, you, we, we need to practice. It is something to be aware of and, and put into play. And so the more that it's practiced, the easier it becomes because your compassion level increases so much that it's, I, I want to say it becomes rote because it doesn't become rote, but you can process your feelings a little bit faster and realize, wait a minute, I need to take a step back. Like you said, who am I to judge? How can I say this? I'm human too. We're all in this experience together. And we all impact each other. So when we take somebody else down, we're really ripping ourselves and taking ourselves down. Whereas if we stay in that space of compassion and hope and love, we're keeping the vibration the same level. And that's a better outcome for everyone, is it not? Yes, yes, I fully agree. And, you know, we, we, you were mentioning time, and I'd, love, I'd just like to say a word about that. One of the uh -huh. reasons why circles of forgiveness have grown so fast I mean, in, in just uh, uh, less than 10 years, I, I trained over 700 people in 15 different countries. And one reason is that a circle of forgiveness usually lasts just about two hours. But so many people have experienced during these two hours a life-changing experience, something that has changed not in, in their head, in their minds, but in their heart, in their bodies, in, the, in their cells, I would like to say. And so what happens is that a lot of times some of them will come back to us and say, okay, how do I train to create a circle of forgiveness in my own town, in my city, in my whatever, wherever I live? So that's the reason. And I, I think it's important for people to realize that we have some amazing tools today which allow this process of healing the wounds of the heart to go much faster than when we have to invent, to rediscover on our own the things that others have already found before us. Yeah, I, that's so true. You know, it, um, 
and I read about your circles of forgiveness. That's an astounding accomplishment, you know, because that's such a healing process. And, you know, I see, I, I've done an awful lot of, uh, I, I'm a volunteer pediatric hospice person and, or mm-hmm. I'm a pediatric hospice volunteer and I've worked with adults as well. And oftentimes not with children, never have I seen it with children, but with adults, I see them wanting to forgive And they're on their deathbed and they know it and everybody knows it in the room. And they want to discuss with people things so that they can forgive before they pass. And it's heart-wrenching. It's heart-wrenching to watch, you know. And if they can't get in touch with the person, then they will sometimes need to ask a family member. And if a family member is not there and they start the conversation, I'll walk them through it and show them how they can do it without having the person, family member, friend, whoever it is, be there. Mm -hmm. It it is very heart wrenching, but they want to do that prior to passing. And I find that is a, it's great that they want to do that, but I find it really sad because what could they have expanded on more in their life if they had done it earlier? So you're, circle of forgiveness is certainly something that helps people to experience life, I think, in a greater way while they are still healthy and able to do so instead of waiting until, let's say, the last moment. Yeah, I, I fully agree with that. And, you know, when, uh, another person I had invited at, at these uh, forgiveness uh, conferences that we organized was the late uh, Colin Tipping, the founder of uh, Radical Forgiveness. And uh, mm-hmm. and Colin told me that he'd worked a lot with uh, people that that had uh, terminal illnesses, and uh, and 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 he told me how much relief uh, these people would experience when they found a way to reach forgiveness before before uh, before dying, and um, in some cases there there can be uh, even amazing changes in 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 the body, you know, pain. Pain being gone, and and oh, yeah. people can, can can die with so much more ease and, and softness and, uh, and and tenderness. Uh, so uh, my my hope and my belief is that the more uh, like you're doing right now with your show, the more we let people know there are ways to heal our hearts. We don't have to live for years and decades with a heart that is sick, that is painful. And uh, there are ways to heal that and to know joy again and to feel uh, light and and relieved. The more we can hope that maybe in 10 years, 50 years, 100 years, I don't know, uh, these things will be known all over the world in the same way that just come back 200, 300 years ago, I mean, most of the medicine that we have today did not exist. People didn't know about it. And when they were sick, they had to, to pray and to hope for some kind of heavenly uh, uh, help. Uh, whereas today, most people have access to medicine for the body. We need to have access to medicine for the heart. And forgiveness is the medicine for the heart. And we need to let people know there are many different ways. Some are religious, some are spiritual, some can be practiced by anyone, even atheists or people with no particular beliefs. So anyone can choose among the variety of ways to heal their hearts and find just the right one uh, for them. Yes, and I, I, I think that while you can see people 
you know, in, in a hospice situation, they will release pain. Pain will be lessened. They will be more peaceful. They will have a, an easier transition, as you said. And I think that even if you're not in a hospice situation, you're going to find peace. You're going to find less pain because you're not pent up. You're not holding this anger in, in this this judgment in, you're not holding it all, which is manifesting into something that's not healthy at all, you know? Uh, yes. But I think that, yeah, I, you know, I, I really believe that forgiveness is part of love. If a person is unforgiving, you know, that's a block, that's a block to love. And the ultimate test of love is forgiveness. So when someone that a person love loves hurts them, the response is really the true record of that love. If there is true love, the person will not hold a grudge, become resentful, or fill the heart with bitterness. And that, that's kind of tough because we all, you know, at first you get angry and you're, as I said, you're allowed to have your feelings. By the same token, I'm not a fan of the expression forgive and forget. For me, forgive, but stay aware and learn from the situation. I can forgive, but I'm not going to allow that person or situation to take hold of me again. You know, I'll forgive but I'll also keep the perpetrator at arm's length, you know, once burned twice shy or, or maybe even better hurt me once shame on you hurt me twice. Shame on me. Yeah. I believe we do need to learn from our experiences and, and we can forgive, but stay aware, you know, that's, that's important to do too. Right. Yes. I I fully agree. And it's, it's one of the, of the 15 obstacles that are mentioned Mm. in my book. And um, of course in English, it sounds so well, forgive, uh, forget, and uh, in French, it, it doesn't sound uh, uh, that way, but it's it's totally misleading. You know, if if uh, somebody attacks you with a knife and, and, and you know you get a big wound in in the arm, uh, once you will have healed that wound, there will be a scar. Well, uh, if if it's perfectly healed, there's the scar, but your arm is no longer painful. Well, it's exactly mm-hmm. the same with emotional wound. As long as the the emotional wound is open, it hurts, it bleeds. Once it's healed, it's no longer painful, but there is a scar, and the scar is the memory, it's the souvenir. But the souvenir, you can tell the story, but it's no longer painful. Uh, I've met so many people who've undergone terrible stories, and they can talk about it, and they are at peace because the forgiving uh, has happened, and so uh, the story is not, a, uh, is, is not a painful one anymore. So we shouldn't forget. We should learn. You're perfectly right with that. We should learn from our experiences and, uh, and grow in understanding, in wisdom, in discernment. Uh, um, forgiveness should not make us weak, should not make us silly, should not make us stupid. Yeah, and just be aware, not live in fear of what could happen now that I've forgiven, are they going to do it again? Just be on your toes and be aware. When we live in the present moment, we're aware of everything. We're aware of what's happening around us, and we can tell because you can feel it. You know, if, people could, if we could teach people how to feel into their energy and feel when something is shifting, you can switch to make it so that it doesn't affect you in a way that you're going to have to forgive, you know? And, and one of the other things we've talked about a couple of the obstacles without even mentioning what they are, but another one, you just mentioned it is weakness. You know, you cannot change the things you have to forgive, but you, you yourself can change if you forgive. So holding a grudge, 
for me, is quite self-destructive. Forgiveness, on the other hand, is a strength. And a lot of people think forgiveness is a weakness, but it's a process. It is humbling yourself and learning on the tr- and leaning on the truth, really leaning on the truth. And, and, you know, the truth is far better than a lie. So when you humble yourself to that and you can forgive and realize it is a strength, you yourself are coming out stronger and much more aware And I think that you bring a lot of, like you said, you're meeting so many people because of the energy that you emit through the forgiveness, which is compassion and hope and love that you have for others. Yes. Uh, I I like what you said because I'm reminded of the words of Gandhi who used to say, forgiveness is not for the weak. Forgiveness is only for the strong. And I think it's something we need to really ponder upon because it is so true. It requires great inner strength to be actually able to forgive and you know i like to 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 think of the words that we we use and just a while ago you 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 mentioned holding a grudge holding mm-hmm. if we hold a grudge something is is kept inside of us like a poison like something that that is going to to tense our muscles to to make us rigid and we use the word to forgive for Give, there's the word give. That's why I called the, the, my first book The Gift of Forgiveness to underline uh, the, the repetition of, of give. When we forgive, something flows again. Whereas when we hold a grudge, something is tight, something is shut, something is closed inside and we're poisoning ourselves. Yeah, and it's kind of like when, if you go into a workout, let's say, and you're angry, you're probably going to hurt yourself because your muscles are not relaxed enough to do this workout. You're going to pull a muscle. You might twist a bone that you're going to not feel good when you leave because people think, well, if I just do this, I'll get it out of my system. No, go for a walk, go out in nature, you know, don't go to the gym. It's the same thing. When you are holding on to anything, your hands are clenched. They're just Your whole body is clenched and you can't receive anything good So you're hurting yourself, and what does that do? It manifests into something else, be it a headache or, you know, some kind of a muscle strain. Whatever it is, it's certainly not healthy. So, yeah, our words, the way that our thoughts, what we do creates our reality, and the way that we think about holding a grudge, and and if you are someone who does hold a grudge and think, oh, yeah, I hold grudges, it's okay. You know, it's really not. You're hurting yourself. You're not hurting the person that you're holding the grudge against. You're only hurting yourself. (laughs) Yes, yes, and that's something that people have a hard time understanding, and that's why I, I keep using uh, an analogy with the physical body. If somebody has attacked me again in the street with a knife and, and my arm is wounded, uh, I mean, that, is, that person is not the one who is supposed to heal my wound. Uh, it, it would be silly of me to, to, to sit on the sidewalk bleeding and waiting for that person to come back and do stitches and and, uh, and bring you know disinfectant and stuff like that. Uh, we all know that if we've been wounded, we can go to a hospital, to a nurse, to a doctor, and find help to heal our wounds. And uh, imagine somebody uh, staying there on the sidewalk, bleeding and yelling at, at, at the the perpetrator. I will stay there bleeding, and, 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 and that will be bad for you. I mean, that's ridiculous. Uh, the, the person hurting is the one wounded. And when we say, I will never forgive you for what you've done to me, what we are truly saying is that 
I'll stay with my anger. I'll stay with my hate, with my resentment. I'll destroy myself. And and uh, of course, uh, and and that's important to to say uh, to our listeners, uh, we're doing that just because we imitate everyone around us. We imitate what we see on movies, on TV, uh, in, in uh, even in cartoons for kids. Uh, we lack examples of uh, how to process. Um, forgiveness, how to free ourselves from something that is actually destroying us. So we've grown uh, by imitating the adults and everyone around us, and we see people judging, and we see people accusing, and we see people suffering for years uh, with their wounds, and, and we end up doing the same thing. So we need examples of other ways uh, and that's what books, what workshops, what lectures, what webinars can can provide us with. Yes, and, and your circle of forgiveness as well, very much so. I know that there are some people who believe that, oh yeah, forgiveness is, you know, that's that's people did that back in the day. You don't have to do that anymore. And wow, that's that's astonishing to me. <laughs> you know, because it is such a uh but those are the people I think that think it's a weakness. Would you agree with that? Uh, well, uh, on one hand, yes. Uh, here in, in Europe, uh, and particularly in France, where people are a, a lot less uh, religious than in the U.S., many people think that forgiveness is something of the past that belongs to religion, and we don't need religions anymore. And uh, that's where there's a great misunderstanding. I mean, uh, if we understand uh, forgiveness as healing the wounds of the heart, we have a need for this healing today as yesterday, as uh, uh, centuries ago, and, and we'll have the same need in the centuries to come. So we just need to redefine a, and change our understanding. I've had psychologists, psychotherapists, psychoanalysts uh, here in France telling me, we don't need the, that word. We, we can be rid of it and just find another way of talking about the process. But that's not true. Uh, they end up finding themselves with patients in their process that get stuck at some point because the only thing that will help them move forward is forgiveness. Now, if they have a therapist that believes that forgiveness is something from the past that is obsolete, then they are unable to help their patients. Yeah, I can. I I can't believe there are actually people that believe, especially psychologists and stuff that don't believe that. I mean, I work with a lot of psychologists. I'm a therapist, and and I look at it and I think that's that's something you just need to, you know, we we need to work on more as a society. We need to work on the fact that because again, it comes back to the hope and the love and the compassion. So wow. Wow, I did not realize that that's what was going on over there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know the, the expression of throwing the baby with the bathwater? Yeah, uh, I do. <laughs> well, well, when people want to get rid of religion, they, 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 yep. um, they, they lack discernment, they lack the wisdom to, 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 to know what, what are the old forms that we can release and let go and, and what is the spirit, the, the essence, uh, the spiritual essence that, that, that was uh, in, in this religion that we need to keep and just find new clothes, new forms, a new shape to, uh, to inhabit the same, uh, the, the same idea. My hope is that with uh, healing the wounds of the heart, um, I, I hope to, to help people to get a new, both a new understanding but a new practice 
a new way to practice forgiveness too because understanding is one thing of course but we need to experience it in our in our body in our heart in our mind and to see how we can be totally transformed uh by this process yes and you have examples you have stories that you know and examples of how to get through processes such as that with each chapter and story which is amazing because people don't necessarily know what they need to do in order to start the process. You know, forgiveness can be difficult. And for me, I think the hardest person to forgive is myself. I think Mm -hmm. we're the first person we need to forgive. So what's your perspective on that? Well, it's interesting because um, I agree that that the most difficult forgiveness is the one towards oneself. Um, but you know, interestingly, in the in the four uh, steps ritual that Don Miguel had me go through back then in Mexico, uh, forgiveness to oneself came last. It was the fourth and final step, and I realized uh, while I was undergoing this ritual that if he had asked me that at the first step, it would have been totally, but I mean, really totally impossible. Uh, but there was one step, and then a second one, and then a third. And by the time the fourth and final came, forgiveness toward oneself, I was ready for that because I had unlocked several doors inside first. So, yeah, I think that it's the it's the crucial point. Once you have people finally being able to accept themselves, to love themselves, to forgive themselves, then the the release is huge and and that will automatically affect the way that they relate to others. So less judgment, more understanding, more empathy and compassion. Uh, Yeah, Um, but it's, um, again, I think it's very difficult to start by that. So in our circles of forgiveness, it comes last. Wow. So I either did it wrong or backward or or maybe I haven't done it at all because I thought that's where I had to start in order to forgive anybody else was to forgive me first. So I understood it and there were no books or anything, you know, talking about forgiveness in the, let's say mid nineties, uh, you know, to go through how to forgive yourself. But I always felt like if you don't mm-hmm. forgive yourself, you know, it's like, if you can't love yourself, you can't love anybody else. So I kind of went with that. That's interesting. I, I, uh, but, but, wow. But you, you, you know, uh, I like to say that circles of forgiveness are a transpersonal tool to forgiveness. So when you are in a circle with uh, sometimes 10 people, sometimes 20, I- I've led circles with up to 200 people. And, oh, wow. and you find yourself looking at another human being, a man, a woman, a child, uh, whoever it happens to be there that day. And you look into the eyes of that person and you just say, please forgive me. You just can't imagine what happens when you do that once, twice, three times, 10 times, 15 times. There comes a point where through the eyes of every person that you're looking at, you just see love, you just see uh, the, the essence of humanity, of our common divinity. You even see yourself, you see yourself older, younger. And, and so amazingly, working with others in a group is sometimes the greatest shortcut to finding yourself and to freeing yourself and to loving yourself. Yeah, I can understand that. That because it, and it's harder too. You're in a group of people. It's harder and it's easier. You're speaking from your heart in front of people that you might not know. 
and then you're asking, you know, for their forgiveness or them for yours. Yeah. I I don't know if I could actually do that. I have to be honest. It it seems more of a personal thing to me. I don't know that I could actually go through with that. I do like the Hoponopono um, Mm -hmm. way of forgiveness. Yeah, I do that a lot. You know, that's a good one. I think that people... I, I, well, I shouldn't say this. I don't know that everybody's familiar with this. So no, <laughs> I shouldn't say, okay, everybody understands what that is, you know. Um, well, you know, I, I mentioned for... it in the book because in yes. the book, as you know, there are, there are four, uh, four methods of forgiveness. I didn't want to present only mine, only circles of forgiveness. Uh, because right. I think that some people may need something else. So I had Fred Luskin with uh, his nine steps to forgiveness. I had Colin Tipping with radical forgiveness. And I also had Oponopono because I think that this Hawaiian approach to forgiveness is very, very interesting and, and very efficient too. So uh, people will discover actually four different ways of, of working uh, uh, through forgiveness um, if they read the book. And that one, the the open open um, the Hawaiian one, it, it's really it's quite simple. And at first, when I learned it, probably I don't know, like ten or twelve years ago, maybe longer, I thought, okay, you know, and I'd say it. But now, when I say it, those words strike a chord. You know, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I love you. Thank you. Very mm-hmm. simple. Very very yes. simple. But the more. You say that, you know, you can say in the privacy of your own heart, you know, you don't have to say it out loud. It just really strikes a chord and you can feel, and I know you will understand this, Olivier, you can feel the forgiveness in your heart. It's like your heart is opening up. Yeah, I totally agree. And again, I don't know if you've experienced that, T, but if you do the same thing in a small group and you do that looking into the eyes of another person that you may have never met just before that evening, and you do that with one person, with another one, with a third one. Uh, it's amazing because, you know, I, I was uh, I translated in French a book by Charles Eisenstein uh, that's called the, the the most beautiful world our hearts uh, know is possible. I love that book. And uh, one of the things that Charles says in it, he says, we don't realize how close we are uh, from others uh, others people's hearts. Uh, it takes usually just one or two exercises. It takes sometimes less than an hour or an hour and a half for a group of people to suddenly touch uh, what is called unconditional love. You know, I've published, I've translated so many books talking about unconditional love, I, and I, I bet that many of our readers have heard uh, about it, have read books about it. But it's something you can experience in such a short time with very basic and simple exercises. We think we're so uh, disconnected, we're so cut off from others, we're so isolated, but that's not true. Uh, It it just takes a few simple exercises, um, uh, simple rituals for us to reconnect to our common humanity. And I've experienced that hundreds and hundreds of times and my hope is that more and more people will uh, have this personal experience and, and they'll know it from the inside, not because they've read it in any book. Yes, and I have felt that. And uh, it is amazing. It is something that, and that's what makes you want to do it more because you realize what's happening to you. There's a pivot point that happens 
to you. There's something that shifts within you and you realize, I don't know. I just can feel the compassion like coming up. It's almost like you're, you're, somehow your soul is replenishing or refueling or rejuvenating, whatever it is it's doing. You just can feel it. You can feel it. And it's a good feeling to be able to, to feel your heart open up through forgiveness like that, you know? And as I stated earlier, we've gone over some of the obstacles to forgiveness that you've identified without actually mentioning what they are. So everybody has to go and buy the book, healing the wounds of the heart, 15 obstacles to forgiveness and how to overcome them because it truly will change your life. But Olivier, which of them in your mind, if you can even, even make this distinction, which of them is the most difficult? Uh, among the, the 15 obstacles, you mean? Yes, yes. Uh, well, the first one that the, in the book, uh, I, I put it first because I think it's the one thing that, that keeps coming up all the time, and it's the one that you mentioned at the beginning of, the, of our show. Uh, people think that if I forgive then I condone, I say, oh, it's okay. I mean, you did something awful, but it's okay. I forgive you. But that's not what forgiveness is about. And when I say forgiveness is healing the heart, we don't only have a heart. We have a mind, too. We have uh, an intellect. And so we can both forgive, which means having a heart at peace, a heart that can love again, and have the discernment, have the wisdom, have the intelligence to know that what that person did was not okay uh, that we live in society we have laws and if somebody does something terrible you can both forgive that person but you can also bring that person to go to to um, to court uh, I, I remember a young guy I mean he was maybe 28 years old he came to a lecture of mine in Geneva Switzerland and at the end he he gave such an amazing testimony he said that uh, his father uh, had abused him uh, sexually for eight years when he was still uh, uh, not a, an adult. And it took him 10 years from 18 to 28 to work on that, to free himself from the anger, from the shame, from the resentment, and so on. And he said, uh, he told us, he said, last year I finally uh, came to, to, to peace uh, with what happened to me. And he said, then... I was ready to to uh, to go to the police and, and to say what my father had done so that he would be brought to court. But he said, in court, I'm not uh, going there for revenge. I'm, I'm going there for justice. And that's such a huge difference. If you go to the courts yes. against somebody who's done you wrong for revenge, what will happen the day uh, when that person comes out of jail? you'll realize your wounds have never healed and, and, and you'll be uh, sick all over again. Whereas if you've done the forgiveness work, then you can find what is just, what is right. And, and, uh, and that's a nuance that I was never taught uh, while I was in the, in, in the, um, Catholic, uh, in, in the Catholic religion. I was told I should forgive, but I was not told that I could both forgive and do what is necessary not to allow others to uh, do wrong things again. Yeah. This was just such a beautiful discussion. We're getting to the top of the hour, Olivier, but before we go, would you please tell our listeners how they may learn more about you, your work, the circle of forgiveness, and where they may purchase your book, Healing the Wounds of the Heart? 
Uh, yeah, well, of course, uh, as you may have heard from, from my accent, I, um, I'm Swiss, but I live in France. Uh, so most of my websites are in French, but I have one that's called um, giftofforgiveness.olivierclerc.com. Uh, and on that, you, you find a presentation of who I am, of my various books, uh, of the circles of forgiveness. I was supposed to come to California in 2020 to train people to lead circles of forgiveness, but of course, COVID changed all that. Uh, uh -huh. So there aren't many circles of forgiveness at this time in the U.S., just one in California and maybe one in Maine. Uh, there's also one wow. in English-speaking uh, Canada. But I do okay. hope that at some point, if there's enough interest, we can come and train uh, people who are interested. I think it's something that the world needs. So, yeah, market that. <laughs> Get those yes. people to mm -hmm. those. Yeah, we need to do that. This has been such an enjoyable and really enlightening discussion. Thank you so much, Olivier. I really appreciate you being on the show. If you just hold on for a couple of minutes, I'll meet you in the green room. And I just need to, to say goodnight to my guests. To, or to my audience, okay, thank, thank you, you very so much. much. You are quite welcome. Okay, listeners, we need you to spread the word. We know you enjoy what you hear on From the Heart Radio, so please share it with your friends. We live in a most challenging and constantly changing world, and that's why I have the guests that I do, to keep you apprised so you won't get lost in the dross of life. We need to stay aware so we can navigate easily and live the life we're meant to live productively, healthfully, and purposefully. And this is where you find the tools to do just that. So please share the news by sending the link for this show to everyone you know and let them have the same opportunity that you just had so they may learn and grow and make the world a better place for all. Please also check out Soji Huggles Children's Foundation, where every dollar of every donation directly supports children in need 100%. We're run solely by volunteers. There are no salaries, stipends, or compensation to anyone of any kind. Every penny goes toward underprivileged children, and right now we're help, helping to subsidize the cost of mental health sessions for children who might not otherwise receive this much-needed therapy. You know, if you don't have strong mental health, you cannot learn, and you will not live well at all. It is vitally important. All children deserve a fair chance for a good life, and that starts with mental health. Please follow us on Twitter at Soji Huggles. While you're in your social media accounts, please be sure to like us on Facebook, Soji Huggles Children's Foundation. We leave you with our From the Heart Radio thought for this week. It is from Desmond Tutu. The simple truth is we all make mistakes and we all need forgiveness. I am your host, T. Love, here at From the Heart Radio, intending you and yours a most enjoyable week. Remember, living from your heart is quite easy. You need only give thanks to do so. Take care. And stay well.